I don't, I don't, I don't really know if that's the word, but, um, we are also recording this for the, our weekly upload. Yeah. We're late on that though. Cause I forgot to hit record. So laugh at that now. Yes. Both places here on Twitch. And when you listen to this over <laughs> on Spotify or Apple podcasts. Um, also this is side noting, but did you happen to watch or look at our whatever you call it, wrap-up that Anger gave us. I did. I watched it, too. I thought it was cute. I meant to text I you after I watched it, but... did. We did. We are live in, what, 13 countries? Something like that, but it There's said we were most like popular in Australia. Australia? Canada? And, Canada. And, and something else, some other place. Uh, I was really surprised. Um, oh, new, we have new listeners in New Zealand. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I can't remember where else, but it's really awesome. It's really cool that um, Anchor does that. They, it's kind of like it's really Spotify mm-hmm. that does it. But Anchor is the platform we use to upload all our recordings and stuff like that. So shout out to Anchor. Yeah. So I think the base like what it was is like it was our Spotify analytics put Basically together for the year yeah where people were listening to us how many people stuff like that it said that people like to listen to us on tuesdays thursdays something no, like no, that. No, i think yeah no i don't know if it was tuesdays but i think it was just like a particular time it was like 11 a.m to 5 oh yeah it was it said 11 a.m to 5 p.m is when you guys like to listen to us. so that was pretty cool yeah and then it said that I can't remember what the number was, but there was, like, a certain percentage of our people who listen to our podcast more than any other podcast. They did say that. was that. cool. Um, that's um, pretty awesome. So, shout out to you Yeah, guys. I don't know. It was really cool. I was like, oh, I was, like, hyping myself up the entire time I was looking at it, too. I was like, oh, so that excited. That was really awesome. So, thank you guys for that. And, as usual, at the bottom of the screen, there is our Twitter, Bayou Chronicles, our Instagram, Bayou underscore Chronicles. Uh, this week, I kind of hacked it and posted a, oh, thank you, Tyler. He what did, did he do all he, that? He so. contributed oh, to okay. it. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I kind of hacked our Instagram this week and we we're kind of posting some memes and stuff. Because I suck at posting memes. No, I just <laughs> saw it. I actually saw it on Twitter and I posted it on there and it was a really good question. It, it was. It was a great question. It was somebody's niece asked um, him when you cut your hair off for like locks of love and you donate it if that person that gets it commits a crime does your dna pop up because technically that's you know like your Your hair hair. your hair follicles um and that was a really good question the only thing the only reason i think it was not like it wouldn't actually be that way is because when you donate your hair you're not usually donating like hair from the scalp it has to be the root a lot of people yeah. don't know it has to have a root it has to have a follicle really for them to get any dna because technically most hair that falls out is already dead yeah so therefore it doesn't have any live cells in it but it's still a really good question yeah for like a nine-year-old little girl to be asking like she's a future true crime investigator or podcaster and we'd love to have her on one day <laughs> but i shared that and a few other things so that was kind of cool um, Keep but, doing it. But, yeah. <laughs> How I, look, Crystal? I, I will be honest. I was 
busier this week than I've ever been only because I was trying to make overtime at work on purpose. Like I was trying to have a really good Christmas Eve paycheck. So I got 10 extra hours of like overtime and I'm exhausted, but it's going to be worth it. She's going to be a future serial killer. Maybe, maybe. That, I mean, you can't disclose that. That could have been maybe why she was asking. Yeah, she was If I commit a crime, will I get caught for this reason? And she's like, if I ask you when I'm nine, no one's going to be suspicious. <laughs> um, but, yeah, thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Um, a few things we have coming up is, what, next week? We are doing part two, right, of our... Yes, of our Becky Gary yes. series. That currently is our number one downloaded. It beat Tyler's episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tyler. You got bumped to number two. As of now, it is our most downloaded episodes in the first 24 hours. I think it had close to 80 or 70. I think it's at... 80 something now but literally the first day we um uploaded it so the second episode of that because it's going to be a long series you can catch that next sunday and gotta listen out for that it's a really really interesting case that we're discussing that is currently still ongoing now oh my god you want to do an episode with me tyler why (laughs) can i do one with zach I think that would actually be an interesting <laughs> That would be episode. so funny. Both ways, they would be funny. Okay, all right. Well, that's all that I have for now. Um, I'm sure we'll probably stick around afterwards. Oh, Lord. Uh, we'll probably stick around afterwards to chit-chat, but I'm going to go ahead Kinky. and pass it over to Crystal. What does it have to do with anything? No idea. I literally have no idea what she's going to be talking about because... She didn't tell me, and I purposely didn't read um, her notes. You said both ways. Oh, my god! Oh, God. This is the kind of... My husband. Okay, so my notes... I get... Okay, so I'll be honest. I debated either just taking you guys along with our tour... Or just telling you the hot spots of, like, the cool stories that we told. And it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, the funny part is, is that as I researched these, I realized how much of these are, like, a lot more, like, lore than they are, like, actual factual things. But that's okay. Like, I like a good urban legend. So. Um, so, uh, the first one that we went on was um, in Paris. And we met this um history student i guess you would call her she basically she's really cool she's from argentina or brazil or some south american country i'm sorry um but she moved here like eight years ago brazil tyler said um and she moved here like eight years ago and she had finished schooling but she realized that she did not like what she went to school for and so she wanted to like start all over again which that is that is me um that's what I, like, I just want to start all over again. But, um, yeah, she moved to Paris. Sorry. I should have clarified. Excuse me. Um, and she just did this as an extra thing to make money, basically. So, we met at the Notre Dame, which, if you're not aware already, you know, got caught on fire, is very badly damaged, and then the process of remodeling it. Mm-hmm. So, out front, they have this huge, like, I guess, gate 
wall kind of thing and there are all these pictures that kids from all over the world drew about of the Notre Dame and then they have kind of like this board of like history about it almost um and so that's where we started our tour and I should note too that where we are where Notre Dame is is really and truly it's the heart of Paris it's where Paris started when Paris was just like a little settlement and I am going to talk about the door, Tyler. Jeez, calm down. Don't rush me. Let me get people into the story. <laughs> build up the suspense. Yes. Set a scene. Set a man. Yes. So we are technically on an island that is surrounded by land. Like it's just, it's, it's in the middle of the river. It's just like a big chunk of water in the middle of the river with land on either side. And so this is where Paris started. Um, and where it started is where they basically made Notre Dame as just this big cathedral, literally almost like a thousand years, literally almost a thousand years ago. Well, not really, like 800 years ago. But anyway, so the first story that we were told was a story about the doors that were built for the front. I should have had picture slideshow. I should have had like a little slideshow to show everybody. Um, but when the Notre Dame was being built, they knew that the doors were going to have to be pretty like spectacular. Because if you haven't ever seen the building before, whether it, you know, whether it be in person or at a picture or the movie, it's a giant building. Like it is giant. A giant church. I don't know why I'm calling it a building. It's a church. And so they knew that it had to be like pretty pretty special, pretty ornate. So they actually gave the task of building and designing the doors to a man named I'm gonna butcher this. I am not good with French, you guys. There's a lot of French in this. And I'm just gonna let y'all know. It ain't gonna come out right. Um his name was Bizcornet. We're going to go with it, but that's what his name was. And he was given this job, and this was like the first big job that he had ever had was making these doors, only because he was the apprentice of, like, the top guy, and that guy died. So they are like, well, you're the next best. So they gave him. obviously learned everything from him. Yeah, so they gave him the job. Well, he, the... Had never created anything like this. He had never did anything this big, anything on this scale, and it's like multiple sets of doors. So it it's a big deal for especially for him to do it. So he spends months and months and months in his workshop trying to figure out what he is going to build, how he's going to build it, how he's going to design it, all of that. Doesn't really know what he's gonna do. Well, suddenly it just comes to him one night and he designs these beautiful elaborate doors with like designs of filigree and like objects from nature and just incredible stuff. So once he had finished them and they were installed, they were instantly popular. Like people came to see these doors. People were in awe of these doors and just how beautiful they are. Tyler, I... I'm going to punch you. Jeez. Um, <laughs> they were so beautiful, in fact, that people kind of started a rumor. They didn't kind of. They actually did start a rumor that the only way that he could have been good enough to create these doors was if he had sold his soul to the devil. 
And that's what inspired him to make the doors. Like, the devil came to him one night. He sold his soul. He basically said, I'll make these, you know, I'll give you the inspiration to make these doors that if you sell your soul. so extreme. Yes, I know. So, the legend only got worse from there. <laughs> because then the priests started to claim that they had to put holy water on the doors in order for them to even open. Like, that's the only way the doors would open is if they put holy water on them. Ah, okay. So, it wasn't long after the creation of these doors, like really wasn't long at all, after these doors were made and installed, that he just suddenly died. Like he was just found dead in his workshop. So, at this point, that kind of only made the rumors more true. Because okay. now he just did this huge thing and dies. dies right after he does it. To be fair, though, the ironwork on the doors is pretty incredible, and was and like experts think that it would be would have been really really hard, if not impossible, for someone to have made the designs the way that they were with the limited tools that they had in the 1300s. Is this like one of those scenarios when uh, the pyramids and stuff, they think they're built like from aliens? Yeah, but no. Not like as elaborate same, as the pyramids. Same vibe. Like there's no way he could have made those doors. Same, same vibe, but like the devil. Like it would have been like maybe if like there's some tools that we didn't know about that existed that were destroyed and we've never been able to find them but like from tools that we have of from the 1300s like they just couldn't have made it do they like think the same about like the first doctor like the first time a doctor did something and like saved somebody's life well those i mean those tools were pretty primitive but i mean Stuff like that. Stuff like that that happened for the first time. I don't know. I don't know. So, this was probably only included and only the reason that it gets its creepy factor and, like, the legend and lore is because it's the 1300s. And back then, a lot of stuff, like, if it was unknown... It was just chalked up to being the devil or supernatural or something like that. Like, like it wasn't... women could read and we had to be like, a witch. Oh, my God. She's a witch. A she witch. can read. Her daughter had to read. Um, he probably was just really good at his job. He's probably, yeah. And he was so stressed out from trying to build he, this thing that he died. Probably MacGyvered it. Like, use the tools that he had to do something so good. Crystal is a witch. I mean... Change that W for a B. Oh, my God. Can't with her. Yeah. But, yeah, that's my my theory on that one. Is that he was just good at his job. And, yeah, that's it. The end. End of story. That is intense for the sheer fact that I can just picture people outside throwing holy water <laughs> on those doors. Um, yeah, doing like a whole like Gandalf moment. <laughs> Helping! <laughs> okay, so moving 
on. So then we walked and walked and walked. And we actually saw this weird little, like, middle age. Um, hey, Steph. Hello. We saw this little middle age. Um, I don't know what you would call it. I guess it was like a parade. So, like, just imagine, like, people, like, dressed up in, like, a middle age wear. Okay. With like like Renaissance, yes, like Renaissancey stuff. Okay. And and Tyler, Jesus, I'm gonna. Yes, you have to acknowledge Tyler in the chat too, cause he's so important. I love you, baby. Um, <laughs> I just had to. Um. Anyway, there was a little Renaissance thing, and they had like a drum, and they had like all kinds of stuff and just things going on okay it was a lot anyway we were walking and we're walking past the hospital so like in between i'm trying to like think about it geo oh my god i can't speak of the word geographically yeah geographically right by notre dame there is this big hospital it's one of the first hospitals in paris it's really massive. It's kind of like what you would call like the state hospital, I guess. And um, we were walking to like this little house. And we get told this story about these little orphan boys. Now, I will tell you straight off the bat with this story. I am, as of right now, calling complete and total BS on this story. <laughs> the holy water on the door, wasn't it? I am more, look, the holy water one, at least, at, at the very least, there was a lot of documented sources about this person. Now, the holy water and the devil, selling the soul of the devil, I don't know about. But with this one, I looked it up, and I could not find anything about this. So they just... Anything. Anything like at all? Told the story and went on their way, basically. I 100% think so. But okay. anyway, so in this story, we're gonna go back to 1910. Okay. And at the hospital, these little orphan boys had all contracted tuberculosis, oh. and they all needed to be quarantined. Well, they couldn't be quarantined in the hospital because there was there was quite a few of them, and they just didn't have the space. So. Hospitals are also the nastiest places. Yes, they are. You guys don't know that. Yes. So, what they did is the hospital rented out a um, basement of a house near nearby okay. because it was clean, dark. I mean, that's probably not a great environment for keeping boys sick. But, you know, whatever. It was away from people, all that kind of stuff. Well, the boys lived most of their time in this little deep cavern it looks like because we got to walk by it and look down the little windows that they had anyway um and keep in mind paris is a really has a really bad rat problem so you know there was rats in there with them but anyway we were in this little alley and in this little alley is where the boys would get to play okay okay so, um, I'm surprised they could play. Yeah, they let. Yeah, they, well, but. they let them out like a couple, like a couple hours every day. That way, they could get like fresh air so and just yeah, yeah. So they could just be out. Well, in 1910, Paris had one of their biggest floods or worst floods that they've ever had, 
And so while we were there on the street, there is a marker for how tall the water got. And the water got like above my head. So I'm 5'7", so it was taller than me. And when this flood happened, people started to panic because it started like flooding bad and really fast. Like the river started flooding and since they're like everything's right on the river right there, it just started just torrentially going up super fast. Well, in the panic of all of this and people trying to evacuate the hospital, get people out, they completely and totally forgot about the little boys. So, where are their parents? They're orphans. Oh, they're orphans. That's yeah, right. That's they're right. orphans. But like, who's charge of the orphans? I don't know. This is why I call BS on the story. So, the orphan boys all got trapped in the basement. And they drowned. A nun was in charge of them? Tyler can fact check any story. He seems to have a better memory than I do. But either way. The nuns in the hospital were in charge of them. Well, the nuns forgot about the little boys. And the boys supposedly all died. How do you just forget about a whole group of sick children? Well, anyway. When I go and look up this information maybe somebody else has better internet sleuth and seals than i do but when i looked it up maybe it said that in the flood of 1910 only like five people died and it was not the boys it was not the boys i looked it up it was not them and they said nothing about children they didn't i looked up I have Googled okay. 1910 Paris flood boys, 1910 Paris flood tuberculosis. Okay, so here's a theory, though. What if they try to cover it up? But then why did so, we get told? Why did I get told the story now? Because obviously people knew. People probably knew the boys were down there. The nuns probably said, hey, we forgot about them, and now they're dead. And then somebody at the hospital, that would get the hospital in trouble. Yeah. It would get the hospital in trouble, it would get the orphanage in trouble, it would get the nuns in trouble. So maybe they were like, don't report it. Don't make it. I don't know. If someone else can find something about it, I would be internally, internally, and I can't speak, eternally grateful. But I couldn't find anything about this one. That's why I call BS on it. It's a sad story, but hmm. That's really terrifying though, to think that their children locked in a basement drowning. Yeah. To death. So let's move on. So next, that, story was that so was delightful. so delightful. They only get more delightful. So this is probably the worst one. Actually, do I want to save the worst for last, or do I want? Worse than small children drowning in a basement. Yeah, it is. It is. Okay, so we'll skip the really bad one. I'll go to the next one. So, this one's not really, like, like an interesting story. It was just something that we saw. So, like, we were casually, like, walking down the road. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is the spot right here where Henry IV was killed. (laughs) And I was like, hold up, what? And, like, it is literally a giant, like, four-by-four plaque on the ground. That says, like, Henry the Fourth, okay? And on either side of it are restaurants with, like, chairs and sitting places outside. And people are basically, like, 
two feet away, not even two feet away, sitting there smoking cigarettes and eating food next to where there's a plaque that says Henry the Eighth, or not Henry the Eighth, Henry the Fourth was stabbed and, or yeah, stabbed and murdered here. And so the story for him getting stabbed is basically, it's kind of lame. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. The guy wanted to assassinate him, and this person says, I have this potion that makes you invisible. And he drank the potion, and he thought that he was invisible. And so he stabbed him and was mad that he wasn't invisible because they saw him. That's not the story. That is what That's we were told. Story. I did not look this up because I don't really know much about Henry the Fourth. He was not my Henry of choice. But Yeah, I don't know much about him, but that <laughs> can't be um, that's just what we were told. I really wanted to find this more man, about it. This man thought he had met Professor Snape and was given the perfect <laughs> potion. Yep. Hold on. I'm just looking up now. That. <sighs> I'm not even kidding. When she he said that. needed Harry's invisibility cloak. So. Uh, wow. It was, it was, it was, it was interesting. Can you picture it, though, as he's stabbed? I thought you couldn't see me. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but, like, okay, what a way to go. I don't know. I, 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 I never really looked that up, um... I, I was curious, but I also thought it was really stupid, so I didn't. Because um, it just didn't make sense to me. Because I was like, yeah, oh he, he was... I'm pretty sure it was Henry the Fourth. Tyler would probably be better um, at knowing if it was Henry the Fourth Because I kind of wasn't listening at this point. Because I was a little freaked out by the fact that people were just casually eating food right next to where we're apparently standing. Uh, this person I dying. Mean, is that any different, though, than somebody dying in a house and then somebody living in the house afterwards? No. But Which, by the way, Kansas has been trying to convince me that someone died in our house and that mom told him that. I mean, somebody did die. Well, in technically, house. two people died in our I house. Say somebody technically did die in our house. But, like, before they did. But I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Okay, look. Okay, it says that he was killed in Paris on the 14th of May in 1610. And friend, this Catholic fanatic named Francois stabbed him after his coach was stopped in traffic congestion associated with the queen's coronation ceremony um he was killed somebody else that was with him also got stabbed and survived but yeah doesn't say anything else when i go to this guy's stuff it doesn't say anything about an invisibility potion but I'm also not reading that hard, so. I honestly feel like probably on some of these, because, I mean, we've both been on the tours in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure on tours like this, they probably add some stuff, spruce it up. What do, what do the tourists want to hear tonight? And they just, like, you know. So, I mean, the dude did kill him, but I don't know about the inv- invisible potion, so. <laughs> um, I don't oh, remember where we man. went. 
I don't remember if we were we went after that. I think I do, but I don't really remember free her for sure. So I'm gonna go back to this other one. And so this one as well, I couldn't find anything online about. I'm only telling you the last one that's kind of bad is the one I'll tell you about because I found out a lot of bad stuff about that these one are online. Also, really old stories though, so I feel like a lot of these are probably just like passed down. Yeah, like family like stories. So the next one, like I said, I couldn't find anything about it online, but the story starts with basically all of these boys are going missing in Paris, and no one knows what's happening to them. Nobody can find them. They're just going missing, okay. like just up and missing. So. Um, some type of investigator had the idea that he was going to use his son as bait to lure this person out so they could okay. catch him. Okay. And because his son was like the age group that kept going missing. So for days, he had his son hang out and play in the park, like the park where the boys kept going missing, for like several days by himself while he watched his son from afar. Okay. So he would just kind of like keep an eye on him. But he was he was just there by himself. Well, one day this lady approached him and was like, "Hey, this girl that I want, this girl that I you know have with me, she is the she is a Polish princess, and um, she she's a Polish princess. Pr- oh my God, I cannot speak. She's a Polish princess, and she needs people to hang out." with basically okay. would you like to come back and hang out i don't know what i, I don't know like yeah do princess things with her like she like she like she needs company i don't know why i don't i, I never really got this and interesting yeah interesting. so she, it was really dark it was getting nice nighttime and they kind of wandered off. And as they were walking, so you have to keep in mind, I don't remember what time point, time in the world this was, but they didn't have street lights. So, like, if you were in a dark alley, you were in a dark alley. And it was pitch black. And there's no lights. That sounds like my street. <laughs> yes, like your street now. I had to walk Crystal out to her car because there's literally no street lights on my street at all. It is kind of scary. Makes no sense at all. Hey, Chris. Hi. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so he gets separated with his dad and the other police officers. I'm calling police. They didn't really have a police force and so they got separated so this woman convinces him to go in her house and she like shuts the door and locks it behind her and she tells him that she's going to go upstairs and make sure that the girl's ready and that everything's good for him to come up there still's very baity but you know whatever well while he's there he's freaking out because he's like well at this point if my dad let me walk in here, like, he would have already come in by now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is suspicious. Why isn't he coming? So, he takes a candle that's sitting by the front door. And he kind of looks around and tries the front door, but it's locked. And that's when he sees a, basically, like a trap door underneath the rug. 
So he pulls back the rug. He opens the door and sees like a thing of stairs going to a basement. And it's all dark. So he goes down the... I'm just telling you the story how it was relayed to me. So he goes down the the stairs. And when he turns like at the bottom of the stairs, he sees all of these body parts in jars. Like eyeballs and intestines and tongues and just all these little pieces of body parts floating in jars okay and then he sees like bodies like cut up laying on a slab just like all kinds of stuff so he oh i'm hitting the microphone sorry so he is freaking out and he goes back upstairs and you know puts the the trap door back down covers the rug covers it with the rug and is like i gotta i gotta get out of here but the door's like of course okay so the only thing that he way that he can think is to go out the window well the window opens but there's bars on the outside of the window so we can't get out so what he does is he takes the candlestick and sticks it out of the out of the window with the bars so that it lights up the alley so that as his father gets closer to him he would at least be able to see the light you know that's where he's coming from that's pretty smart so apparently the dad sees it they rush in and they rescue the boy um who apparently was safe at this point and the woman is upstairs with i believe some men and what they had been doing was killing these boys and then selling their bodies to science to like the local university and hospitals so that they could like practice on the corpses because apparently that was illegal and I... but they wanted to practice on corpses so that they could learn medical stuff but that's how they were it basically a black market for body parts these people these Scientists didn't know that, like, these were missing children. I don't know. There's so, I don't know. There's so many questions. I don't know. Again, I could not find anything about this anywhere on the internet. I like, I googled every thing. Like y'all went on a tourist trap. <laughs> At this point, I feel like y'all were bamboozled. Okay, no, no, no. It was so much fun, though. We did have a lot of oh, fun. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was fun. So she's probably like, what can I tell these people? How far can I get them to believe me? So this is, those are the, okay, those are the ones that weren't factual. Now, um, like, after this one, we did walk, and that's when, if you follow me on social media, you will see the video of us in Paris walking the streets and our little cute little tour guide telling us about Paris's rat problem and how they still have a rat problem and that they have a huge population of exterminators and that in order to get um business they create these really like shocking store displays and we walked by one and the store display had a crap ton of rats like dead rats hanging from like hooks in in the showcase showing that they killed them um, yeah, it, it was shocking. <laughs> so that was the thing. Okay, um, so, yeah, that was that one. Um, okay, I'll give you the really bad one, and then I'll end on the one that's not too bad. So, this one's rough. 
It's kind of nasty. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this one. Right after we did the boys, I believe it was. We went to this little side street, and it has, like, some cute restaurants, little houses. Um, there's a motorcycle storage building for the police right there. Okay. Um, and it's just a little quiet road, literally in the heart of Paris, obviously. And it kind of has a little bit of a dark history. So... It is technically in the shadow of the Notre Dame. So, it is like one street behind it. Okay. Um, And the street name, I would be stupid if I tried to pronounce it correctly with like the right accent and everything. Um, But I'm going to try. So, I'm going to be really stupid. But, (laughs) Rue Shanoines. I know that's probably very southern of me. Maybe I could try to pronounce it. <laughs> like with a French accent. Rue. It's Rue Chanoines. Look, you could try to pronounce it. I try to phonetically type it out too, and it still ain't helping me. Chanoines. Look, all I know is there's a nest at the end of it because I was thinking about the character from Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> so I know it's Ness because when he said it, I was like, Ness, okay. Anyway, that's the street we were on. And apparently it was a poppin' place to be in the 14th century. So 1300s. Like, it okay. was... The place to be, man. People came all over to get married at the Notre Dame. Like, if you were going to get married, you were going to get married at the Notre Dame. Like, why wouldn't you? But only if you had money. If you didn't have money, the same priest who married you at the Notre Dame would marry you outside the Notre Dame. In, like, but, like, just for, they just want to make extra money. Like, they're just marrying anybody. You want to get married? Let's go. Let's go get married. If you're a man and a woman, obviously. Um, <laughs> I just wanted you to throw that out there because I don't think they had like they'd be like, no, nah, I wasn't flying. Um, because te- okay, and the reason why is because technically you could get married there and you could still say that you were married at the Notre Dame because you were so close to it, but you weren't actually married in the Notre, in Dame. The Notre Dame. So on this street, there was a pretty famous bakery. Several places that young students that studied at the Notre Dame University there, like they had a theological university, the okay. students that studied there, and there was like a barber shop and a bunch of food places. So it was like a, it was just like a really like a student area of town. It was really cute. Okay. Oh, it's not that cute. And be careful well, what you say. Make sure all of this. I will say the stuff you went to is cute. Well, the and there was one picture that I took in this area, and it is a very cute oh, area. No, 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 it's not. No, okay. what she put posted was not cute. Um, what she's talking about. There's a cute area. Anyway, so according to this legend, um. In the place that now houses the motorcycles for the police department, um, there was a bakery and a barber shop side by side. So I'm going to say that. Bakery and a barber shop side by side. And 50 points to your Harry Potter house, your Hogwarts house, to whoever catches on to the story first. And Tyler, you're not allowed to guess. You're not allowed to play this game. So 50 points. So... 
So anyway, according to the legend, there was a student who was in love with this girl. And he got sent to this school. And because his parents did not want the two of them to get married. So they got married in secret before he left. And this was when, like, you'd have, like, a line of credit. Your parents would send you with a certain sum of money, and that had to last you for, like, an entire year or however much. So he gets there, and um, he finds a place to live. He's settling in, and he told her before he left, hey, um, you know, just wait a little bit of time and then come along, come to Paris. So he was from Germany, I think. And so, after a while, a couple months go by, she comes in. She comes into Paris and starts looking for him at the place that he said he was going to be when he wrote her and before he left. Like, she's starting to look for him. Cannot find him anywhere. Starts asking about people, you know, asking people at the place that he was staying. And they were like, no, he was here. And then he just stopped showing up. He hasn't been back. We just thought he ran out of money. Like, that happens. Sometimes they run out of money, so they go back home. So... Nobody could find him. Well, a couple of days of searching around, she sees his dog. And this is a dog that he's had for many years. They were very close. Like, this is his family pet. And she sees the dog just, you know, barking outside of this bakery. Just barking and barking and barking. And she's like, I know this is his dog. So, she knocks on the door. And, uh... Someone answers, but he won't let her in the house. He won't say anything about what's going on. He says he doesn't know who she's talking about. Nothing. So this was her only lead, and she knew something was wrong. So she went to the police and told them that something was wrong. And I should clarify here that by police, I mean guardsmen or, like, watch people because they really didn't have, like, an actual police force, like, what you think of as like the police force until later and while i was confirming that i did find out that that paris like the city of paris did not have their own police force until october of this year like october 2021 they officially got the paris like the city of paris police force until then they've only ever used the national police force they've never had their own until october I know blew my mind anyway because when I was like that was like oh okay that's interesting um so um the police arrived at the um Tyler always answers the questions I love him I know I know there's a delay yeah but I just think it's funny we're on the same wavelength like this is proof of how uh how smart my husband is um so they get there, and they're like, sir, we need to come in. I'm paraphrasing. They probably didn't even talk like this. So, they talked French. Like, um, yeah. They were like, dude, we need to come in. We need we need to get in your house. This lady says that this is her husband's dog, and he's missing. Can we at least just, like, search? Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't need a warrant. <laughs> so, they could just go in. So, they did. They eventually were just like, we have to look. Like, we need to look. So, they basically bust in and when they're in there they start doing a search of the of the bot of like the area and they go into the basement and that's when they find like this big stone slab that was left over from the romans 
because this, you know, Romans eventually invaded. Yeah. Um, and it was left over from the Romans, and this is where they found body parts and bones and all kinds of stuff, like hair, everything. <coughs> Sorry. Interesting. So, as it turns out, the barber was, that was next door, the barber was luring students and travelers um, into his barber shop, killing them. Taking them into the basement where the butcher was then grinding up the meat to make a paste for his pâtés or his meat pies. And then those famous meat pies were the most famous meat pies in France at this point. At this point. Even rumored that the king himself ate some of these meat pies. Um, so that's when they realized what was happening. So, the people in the city at that time really wanted to make sure that they suffered a truly cruel and horrific death. Because, at this point, eating somebody was thought to be something, like, cannibalism was something that could send you to hell. Like, you would go to hell if you ate somebody. And all of these people were unintentionally eating people. So, do I get points for slithering? Yes. For knowing what it is? If you want to say it. Sweeney Todd. Yes. Okay, so 50 <laughs> points to Slytherin. Um, so, Yuck. Uh, they, yeah, so they basically felt like they were going to hell for that. So what they did is they put them in cages, and then they suspended them over fire. So they burned them alive, but they basically cooked them alive. Um, now, I don't think anyone will ever really know if this story was true or not. Um, only because um, it is said, yes, to have inspired Sweeney Todd. But even some people conflict that. Because some people think a story by Charles Dickens might have been the source of it. Because there is a um, line in this particular story that talks about somebody making meat pies out of human um, human flesh and eating it but everyone says that this could also have been inspired by this story um reason being is because the year that this happened was 1387 and that same year there was a folk song that was released that was written and it was not released but they don't release things it was written um called the legend of the barber and the bloody pastry and it basically talks about some like this butcher, you know, killing someone and then them making pastries out of it. So if that one's like for real true, I'll leave it up to you to decide what you want to think. But I think that is the most like. I mean, a lot of people think Sweeney Todd's real. So, if, I mean, it's based off something that happened. And this would be a really good like source for it to be because, I mean, it's a butcher and a barber. Which Sweeney Todd is on Netflix. And you should watch it. God, that's my, it. the Johnny Depp one is so good. Yeah. I can sing every freaking song. I need to see it on Broadway. I've never seen it on Broadway. I don't even think it's running right now. I, but if it's running anytime in the future, I will go I've see it. I've always wanted to see Wicked. And it was showing. It was in Dallas. Yeah, it was not too long ago. Yeah. Courtney went. Oh, nice. Yeah, her dad took her. Nice. That's awesome. I know. I want to yeah. see Wicked, too. I just love Johnny Depp in anything. Oh, I so. know. Have you seen him in the new commercial for the Sauvage Dior Mm-mm. cologne? Mm-mm. But I don't 
but I just know it's amazing. <sighs> and then I made the joke. I was like, look at Johnny Depp thriving after years of abuse. Yeah. Oh, I love to see it. Love to see it. Poor man. He had it rough. Okay. So, my last one for Paris. My my London one, I promise you, is really just like one story and it's short. Um, So, in Paris... The and this was our last stop. So, the Holy Innocent Cemetery in Paris was like one of their first ones and one of the biggest. Like it was like acres and acres. Okay, really big. And when I say old, I'm talking like 1100, like the year 1100, kind of okay. old, like literally almost a thousand years ago old. Um, and eventually got to the point because of like diseases and stuff that it started overflowing. And this overflow meant that they had to find a way to bury new bodies. Like, they had to make money. So, they had to find a way to bury new bodies. So, what they did was they started doing two things. They started taking people that had been dead for a really long time already and their body decay. Take them out and get rid of them. And two... There were they started building mass graves, like really big graves, and instead of being buried in like a box of wood, you would just get thrown in there. So they'd be like, everybody that dies this week goes in this grave, and then while they're digging that one, they're going ahead and digging another hole, and everybody that dies this week goes in this hole, and once that hole fills up, they would cover it up. That makes me think about that really bad hurricane that happened in Galveston in, like, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Where they literally had an island off of Texas that was literally just all the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. You know about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We kind of have one of those here at Oakland Cemetery. Um, it's the Yellow Fever Mound. When, oh, yeah. When that happened, we didn't have a fast enough way to get rid of people. And so, or rid of the bodies. So, we just put them in a big old... Mound. And then, like, Vikings and, like, just send them off into the water burning. That's what I would have done. Um, so, it wasn't long, and it was about 500 years later after the start of the cemetery that um, these mass graves started be- to become a problem. Um, and by that, I mean that they had been covered up so long and buildings had started to be built on top of them. But because there were these mass graves, it made the ground really unstable. And so one day, because it's not solid ground. So one day, this person was just casually in their house and in the basement, and the wall just gave away, and all these bodies just tumbled out. So this started happening more and more around the city. And people started getting really angry about this. They're like, we, like houses started collapsing. Business started collapsing because they would like fall through the ground. And like all these bodies would come out. So the king said, okay, we have got to do something about this problem. <laughs> Therapy for everybody. Yeah. So prior to this there had been some um therapy yes but there had been some like caves i guess you would call them dug um kind of on the outskirts of the city and um they eventually just stopped getting used so what they decided to do was to 
take what they had already done and build more, dig more, but they wanted to create this into a catacombs, into the catacombs. So what they would do, what they decided to do was all of the cemeteries that were in Paris proper, like the actual part of Paris, it ended up being like four or five of them. Um, they were going to dig up all the bodies from the mass graves and from the individual graves, and they were going to take them and place them into the catacombs. So this took two years to accomplish, and they only could do it at night because people didn't want them. To, people didn't want to see this happen. They didn't want to see these dead people going through the streets of Paris in the middle of the day. So they would have to wait till night, and they would dig the people up, put them on these big. Um, things whatever and drive them to the catacombs put their bodies in there and then just keep doing it all through the night um it took two years and in the end um it they ended up transporting an estimate of over two million bodies wow okay so now you have the paris catacombs now if you've never been to the paris catacombs it's actually kind of creepy um it's basically just like bones on the wall. Yeah. Like if you're like if you were kind of a higher up person, you kind of had like your own little area. This is a really bad analogy, but I feel like only a certain subsect of people will get this. But you know in Skyrim <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, when you're fighting the little, like, little droggers or whatever they are, and you know how they're, like, laying on those little beds. So, like, if you were, like, really rich or a well-known person, you got to sleep on one of those. Um, but everybody else was just, like, rows. Like, they would, like, put – they would wallpaper a wall with bones. So, there would – so, like, some of them, like, when I remember when we went – because you couldn't take pictures, and I hated that you couldn't take pictures when I went. But, like, you know, there's, like, wallpaper border. Mm -hmm. So, like, imagine that with, like, skulls. Just, like – actual – It's, like, actual skulls. Like, people's skulls just looking at you. And then, like, underneath it, you're just going to have, like, lines after line of, like, femur bones and, like, bones just stacked up. And then, like, some people will just be, like, put into a corner – some places will make, like, they use the bones to make really ornate pieces. Really weird. So, what? This is really <laughs> I, But I always have always thought about this. Do you think the planet is ever going to get to a point where there's no room to put people's bodies after they die? Like, think about if we keep burying think people. Think about how many cemeteries. Exactly. This is a huge reason why literally... All of us want to be cremated. Oh, I 100% want to be cremated because I don't feel like well, I don't. I say, like, when I say all of us, I mean, like, my family, like, in this house right now. Mm -hmm. Like, me, my husband, I don't know about my children. That's up to them. But, like. I just don't want to go in a box and it's brought. It's expensive. Yes. I just went through a funeral in June, and it was. That's what she wanted, so we did literally everything she wanted, um, but... It's expensive. They're literally robbing people. Thank goodness we had people that really 
compassionate and they didn't like try to upcharge us or like whatever we wanted they went with it and they actually like showed us the cheaper stuff which yeah. was surprising but yeah like think about that well like, even our cremations were expensive it is still it is still, it's still expensive i don't understand why death is expensive but like while we were there and crystal went to the cemetery with me like it's like already filled up and i was sitting there thinking like how long is it going to be before our entire planet is just like grades as long as we keep burning people i yeah it's more ethical like if you think about it to me it's more ethical like would you rather i don't know you get to make really funny jokes i just feel when you have parents ashes i guess i feel insensitive because my thought is just they're gone like oh yeah that's how it was for me too like that's why i was like i don't want to see my mom's body because that's not my mom that is literally just catacombs are creepy like i've watched a lot of documentaries Mm -hmm. on it a lot of supernatural things on it but like they were just trying to like find a way to like deal with it all Mm -hmm. so like i understand it i know it's still creepy to like see but yeah we have a guest trying to come in if he wants to come in no, Lily looks hard to talk to you. Okay, go downstairs. Close the door. Close the door. Close the door. Not my bed. What? Oh my. <laughs> oh my lord. I love my little friends. Oh my <laughs> lord. Um, anyway. But yes, I do want to be oh. cremated. Oh. <laughs> Give me I love it. Joe is making his Bayou Chronicles debut. I would like all of Twitch and YouTube to know that their father will be getting yelled at after this stream. Oh, don't yell at their father. Don't yell at their father. Don't yell at no, Don't yell at their father. Um, what was I gonna say about being burned alive? <laughs> oh my god. No, we stopped talking about the burning alive. Sorry. We were talking about the burning people in general. Um, But, yeah, it was just the catacombs. That's what I was talking about. Sorry. We talked about the catacombs. We made the catacombs. The catacombs exist. You can go visit them. They have their own police designated just for the catacombs. Do not go there because you will get lost. Um, You will probably die. Because they are so extensive and there's so many miles of them and they're very easy to get lost. Yeah, a lot of people have gotten lost down there actually. So, don't go to the catacombs if you're not on a tour group. Um, Okay, so, that was pretty much it. Um, By the way, if you go now, the place where that Holy Innocence um, cemetery is... It's, like, all concreted over now, and now it's, like, a shopping and, like, a plaza with, like, a fountain and all this kind of cool stuff. So, the more you know. Um, so, for after we finished this tour, we were like, this was really cool. We want to go on another one. So, we immediately booked one for when we were in London. And, um... Which is really funny. Like, if you go to our Instagram by Yonashore Chronicles, she has her personal link. And she literally posted, like, a little video. And it was like, if you like Ratatouille. <laughs> don't watch don't this. Don't watch this. And it was them on that first tour. Yes, and it was with the rats that I'm talking about. You can see that. Um, So, for the second part, we were in London. And we 
on this one we did see a lot of really cool stuff like the the point of both of them was just to show you a lot of stuff so there's stuff i didn't tell you about like we went and saw the jail cell like not the jail cell but the jail that marie antoinette was in before her execution um we got to see like a really cool view of the eiffel tower at night um just like little random cool things that i never would have like known about or really thought to go see basically um so we kind of wanted to do the same thing for london so obviously we heard and saw a lot of jack the ripper stuff and i'm not gonna talk about that because i feel like one either that could be its own episode or two everyone knows a lot about jack the ripper so why do i want to want to um i could just bore people with details um which Jack the Ripper has inspired a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, if you wanted to hear a story about it, like, we could make an episode about it or a Twitch stream about it, but... I would be totally down but, for that. Yeah, it just seemed more like a actual full-length thing than me just telling you. But we did see these places where a couple of the victims lived and where they were found murdered. So, that was interesting. Just to, like, rag, like randomly walk down an alley and be like, this is where she was found with her entrails completely taken out. Oh, my so, lord. you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, we first met at this thing that's called The Needle, and it's right by the London Bridge. And the story, nobody really knows the story behind The Needle because there's not an official one. They just kind of put this thing up. And it literally is, like, a, basically, like, a giant, like, little spike looking thing i don't know how to describe it look it up and it is thought though that it's supposed to symbolize the spikes that people's heads were on at the the gate because the london bridge was the gate into london and right outside the london bridge they would put these spikes outside and they would put people that they executed their heads on the spikes to like warn people like don't mess don't mess don't mess up like we're gonna gonna kill you and you're gonna be on a spike um so they kind of think that that might have been like the inspiration behind it um so the one that i want to like tell you a lot about is just because i think it's really cool and this i will say the reason i liked this tour better is because it was like a hundred percent factual like these were actual true stories it wasn't as much lore as it was like this actually crazy stuff happened so let me tell you the longest story first and then i'll do like the shorter stories but first one i'm gonna talk about is kate webster i could have done an entire podcast episode about her and it was really really hard not to um (laughs) we'd have to redo this all over again um so i had never heard this story at all before and it was really cool to really be close to where it all happened so we're gonna go back to her beginning So, Kate was born in 1849, and she kind of had a rough start, Um, and by that I mean, like, her family didn't make much money, she resorted to stealing a lot, and over the years, she stole and stole so much that she eventually got caught and was sent to prison for four years. So, great start to her life in the the mid-1800s. When she got out of jail, she moved to London and tried to figure out what to do next. And so that led to her getting a job as a maid. And she worked as a prostitute to, like, make ends meet. So she would do, like, little both. So if she wasn't prostituting, she was cleaning a house. And if she wasn't cleaning the house, she was prostituting. So 
<laughs> well, both of these jobs, though, did fuel her desire to steal. So she was like a full-on kleptomaniac. Like, she was klepto. And um, it would get her in trouble a little bit, but never, like, go to prison again. Um, trouble. So while she was in London, she eventually got a job for this really, really wealthy woman named julia martha thomas and she lived in a really nice house she was a widow and um just had a lot of money big old house all the space well it wasn't long after she started this job that she started stealing from her and by i mean not very long (laughs) i mean like she started working for her in the beginning of like middle of january and by mid-February, she was like, you need to go. <laughs> like, it's time to go. Um, so, Julia gave her until this, until February the 28th to leave. Like, she said, you have to leave by then. I mean, you think of TikTok. You're done. You're done. <laughs> yes. Um, so, just after a month, she was already fired. And this made her really mad because she knew this was a good job. But she spoiled it for herself, basically. Mm-hmm. So, angry at um angry at julia she convinced her to let her wait a couple more days while she got some stuff in order and they went to church together and which is weird to me but um while she was at church people said that they were seen arguing with each other and just like very confrontational with each other so they went back home and kate got so mad at julia that she um pushed her down Took an axe and killed her. Like, oh. took an axe to the head and just, I'm just murdered sorry, her. Sorry, what? Yes. Well, now Julia was dead, and Kate had to find a way to get rid of the body. Like any sane person, she started to dismember the body and boil the pieces what? What is, to make why it easier. People's first thought is to cut the body. Up? I don't know. I guess because it's just make it easier to get rid of. So, she boiled as much as she could, and once she got, you know, most of it done, she started a fire in order to burn the bones of the pieces that she um, was able to get boiled down. This woman was serious, and not just because she had killed somebody, but because her plan was to take over Julia's life. Like, she planned to impersonate her from here on out. Don't know how she thought that was going to be successful, though. So, after, like, after she murdered her, she had started this plan to, like, sell all of Julia's possessions. And she reached out to this man, started arranging to, was said, like, I'll let you buy all of these things for this X amount of money. And this was their plan. Well, after selling some of them, she went to this local pub and got, like, wasted. Like, just trashed. And, like, didn't really start telling people that she killed her. But, like, was just being, like, really weird, suspicious about it. And there was a part of the story that is most likely a legend. But they people did say that she started to try to sell these jars of f- cooking fat. That were really just what was left of Julia when she, like boiled her down but nobody knows if that's like true or not because there's a couple different people that said it and they said it in different ways so it very well may just be a legend so it wasn't long though after this that kate had the unfortunate problem of needing a way to get rid of julia 
like the parts of her that she wasn't able to boil down. So for this, she enlisted the help of the son of a family that she knew. So she t- she knew this family from a while back, but when she reintroduced herself, she said that her last name was Thomas, that she was Julie Th- or that she was Kate Thomas now, that she had married this man, that they had children together, and that um, he had died. Um, and it's not really important to the story, but she did have a son. Like she, when she was a prostitute, she got pregnant and had a son that she took places with her. But what? Whatever. He's not really. He's not really ever really mentioned. Um. So she had the son from this family to help her take this really large chest down to the river for her, and she just said, "Oh, I'm fine. Just, just we'll just stay here. I just need to be here." And as he walked away, she like pushed the chest into the water did they not think that was weird like so much in this is just i don't know um the next day (laughs) the chest was found and when this man opened it he found the torso and legs of a woman no head no nothing it was just like her torso and her legs was part that she couldn't boil down so at this point kate had taken on the identity of julia lived in her home rented it out to some some people um and it was just a few days before she messed up so her desire to sell stuff to this man to make money led to all this stuff being pulled out of the house and that's when neighbors started getting suspicious and they were like you know why are y'all taking all this stuff out of the house and the movers would be like oh mrs thomas you know sold it to us she wants us to take it and they were like well, we haven't seen Mrs. Thomas in a long time. Who are you talking about? And that's when they, like, pointed out and were t- knew that they were talking about Kate. And that's when people started, like, their neighbors started getting suspicious and reporting her to the police. I mean, yeah, because they, if they don't look like, you know, yeah. they're going to know that, that that's not her. Yeah. <laughs> so, the missing, there was a missing person's, like, like, a murder case out for this body that they found. But since there was no head, they didn't know who it belonged to. Um, but once this started happening, people kind of started putting two and two together, like, no, oh, yeah, you know, that might be, might have been what's going on. She's missing, they found a body, man. Yeah, so, um, when the inspectors came to talk to Julia, or Kate, not Julia, um, fake Julia, um, they found her missing. <laughs> she was on the run. She had actually ran all the way to Ireland with her son. And once they, um, before they even could get there, they had um, sent ahead. Like, they had been sending out, like, missing persons stuff, like, before they knew that. And there was actually someone in Ireland who knew that Kate had came back and that she matched the description of what who the person they were looking for and it was weird that she'd been gone for a really long time and then just randomly showed up yeah. um so you know shout out to this man who kind of like really did his job Put two and two together. um and so they were able to track her down and at her uncle's farm and then once her uncle found out what she did he refused to let them stay there anymore so the boy had to go off to like some home which is very sad um but she was arrested and brought back to london and she was found guilty by a jury and sentenced to death end of story now if we wanted to go into detail about how crazy this lady was 
Um, when she was sentenced to death, she tried to basically get like a stay of execution, I guess, by claiming that she was pregnant. And she was like, I'm pregnant. I'm, I'm pregnant. So what they did was a medical examiner and a group, a jury of women all took her into her room and inspected her to see if she was pregnant. Inspected her. And they determined that she was not pregnant. Okay, but in her defense, how would you know? I I mean, she's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. They're like, "Mm, Mm, she's not pregnant. You don't look like you could be. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how that is. But she's, that's what she was claiming. She said that she was pregnant. Um, but they still killed her because she's crazy. Um, <laughs> well, because she wanted to steal stuff? She wanted to steal stuff. Wow. She, just, she wanted to steal stuff. Um, so, I didn't write any other stories down for this one because they, were, they weren't, like, to me, super writable. They were, like, if I wrote them, I would be writing, like, 12,000 episodes um we did learn a little bit about the cray twins which were um two brothers that were super involved in the mob and they were like buddy buddy with like audrey hepburn um frank sinatra i couldn't think of his name sorry um, like, they were in this scene. They actually, one of them actually died in 1993, and the other one died in 2000. So, this was a little bit more recent. Um, um, first one died of, like, a heart attack or something, and the second one was in prison, and he had a sympathy release. Like, he'd been in there so long, nothing had really happened, so they let him go. And then eight weeks after they let him go, he died of stomach cancer. Aww. So, mm. He was a bad man, so oh, okay. well, it wasn't bad. He Never was in prison. Mind. He was a horrible person. Um, no, killed all. a lot of people. Um, yeah, murdered tons of people. Just a horrible person. Um, kind of think, have you seen... Um, it's the show that's on Netflix. It's with Cillian Murphy. Oh, my God. I can't think of the name of it. I don't know. Anyway, um... Very similar to that, like, 1940s London people killing each other in the mob. Just think about that. Okay. Um, then we learned the story of this medical thing that happened, and it's called Fusi Jaw, which I had never heard of. Never heard of um, that. So, basically, there were these um, match factories. So, okay. So, these match factories would use white phosphorus to, like, at the tip of the matches. Well, if you inhale a lot of that, it would basically rot away your jaw right here. So, these people would get sick and then, like, their entire jaw would, like, rot away. Okay? So, it was really bad. So, because of that, and Tyler might remember more of this if he's still watching. Because I really didn't listen to the story that much because my feet were hurting. (laughs) But. She's like, I'm done. I was done at this point. But, uh. Basically, that's why we have red phosphorus in matches now. Like, why they're, like, Mm -hmm. red at the top. Because the red phosphorus is not doesn't do that like red like the white phosphorus does like it like like if you google it google up 
Um, yeah, Google it, and when you go Google it, you will literally see a person of somebody like they had to like they like surgically like take out like not surgically but like rots out, and so there's like no bottom jaw. It just makes your face like push up, yeah. push up. It is just like no bottom jaw, um, but it's called fussy jaw. Um, and it, like, does, like, rots your tongue out and stuff, too. Like, you would, like, lose your, part, like, like, your tongue and everything. Like, it was, it was really bad. Um, then we learned about a beer flood. <laughs> Apparently, there was a, um, brewery that, um, something happened and something broke. And then, like, it flooded the streets with beer. Oh, like, yeah, and people beer. were out there with, like, containers just trying to scoop up beer. Hey. That's gross to me, but that's what they were doing. Um, then we learned about the, like the um, fog that kind of rolled through, and it was so bad that people couldn't see. People like several hundred people died because the fog was so bad that you couldn't even see like a couple of feet in front of your head. Like you couldn't even like see in front of your face. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Then we walked by the. Tower of London, which Tyler and I had already been at the same day, um, which was cool. No, I didn't talk about the fire. So, we saw the fire, like, this great fire that happened in London. There's, like, this giant, not statue, monument to it. And so, it's kind of a sad story. There was a family that was a bakery, I believe, and they had a lot of stuff and basically they didn't put the embers out in their um fire one night and it had started a fire in their house and there was like i guess it was like leftover oil or something it started a fire in their house and the family was able to get out of the house by jumping into like a neighboring window but they had like a maid or whatever that lived there that worked with them but she was too afraid to jump and so she died in the house and so this fire started like started moving from like house to house and they couldn't like get it to stop well what they would do is typically their solution for this was that they would go really far ahead of the fire and burn like a whole area like have you ever seen like when people like battle fires now they go and burn a whole bunch of area just to stop it well they wanted to do that well they had to go get this lord out of his bed and be like hey there's a fire we need to stop it but we need your permission to burn these people's houses down and he was like, okay, 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 I'm coming, I'm just, I'm coming, just, I'm coming. And went back to sleep. Yeah, and went back to sleep. And so it's still happening and there's more and more fires burning. So they go back and get him and he's like, no, 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 we can't do that. Like, we, we can't burn people's houses down. And they're like, but we don't have anything else to do. These people, this, the whole city is burning. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah the whole city burned so like all like all of the city burned all these people lost their houses people lost their lives all because of this one little fire that got started and they don't have a way to put it out they didn't have modern day no fire brigades yeah you didn't have any of that so now there's a giant monument and they say if you have the if you take the monument and you laid it like down like just laid it flat down, it would point directly at the house where it started. Wow. So that's where it, it's just really random. It's like on the middle of a street, like a pedestrian street. 
Lot of stuff they build around. Yeah, everything you can tell is totally built around. Um, And then we did the Tower of London, which is where we obviously talked about, like, the Tower of London stuff. Like, we went and saw, like, the torture stuff. Um, I will say, man, every single time I think about the rack, all I can think about how that thing would give me the best stretch of my life. Oh my god. She's a weirdo. Look, my back hurt that entire trip. And all I could think about is having my legs in one side, my arms in the other, and then somebody just pulling <laughs> both ways. Yeah. I just knew my back would pop. Just oh, knew it man. would pop. Yeah, it would pop all right. Oh, it would feel so oh, good. Yeah. Um, there was also, like, the other, like, the weird torture stuff where, like, you could, like, you stick your head in and, like, you have, like, your little things oh, but they yeah. were all metal um and then my personal favorite 10 out of 10 would not recommend dying this way um it was basically like this but like metal so curved like this mm-hmm. and you would put your body inside of it and i'm gonna get up to illustrate so imagine if i like brought this but like i was on the ground like this Okay, and basically someone used that and clamped it around my body. And it kept you in the fetal position. Yes, but like like this. Okay. Okay, so you were like all crunched up like this. And it's put like that and it's tightened up so that every time you take a breath, it tightens up. So like you know how when you, like when you like inhale yeah. oh. and exhale, your chest gets smaller. So it would tight. They would tighten it up mm-hmm. until you were so squished that you would eventually suffocate. Mm-mm. Don't want to die that way. But that sounds terrible. It sounds horrible, right? Um, I still would recommend the uh, rack if you ever want to get pulled what out. A good old stretching. Because all I know is I'd hate to die that way, but I would love to have my back pop that way. So weirdo. I'm sorry. It just looked like it felt so good. I kept looking at the thing like, oh, man, that looks so. <laughs> that feels like it would just feel oh so good. Oh, my gosh. Um, the Tower of London, obviously, is where people were tortured. Um, I think they only said there was only, like, 40 people that had actually ever been tortured there. And it was, like, a severe punishment if you were. Obviously, there was a lot of prisoners. Basically, every monarch just, just about. They just like to throw people in there. Um... <laughs> We got to see the sites of where they would execute people there. Really thought that was cool. Um, Got to see where they were held. Um, We got to see the crown jewels, obviously. It was cool. They were expensive. I asked way too many questions here. I'm not going to lie. The Tower of London was my place that I just was like, I cried. I did. Because one... Me and mom always talked about going. And, like, I knew that I was, like, it was, like, one of those, like, she's with me right now. Yeah. Like, we're doing this together. Mm-hmm. And my husband, I don't think he intentionally did it, but he did his own thing while we were there. Like, we split up. Like, he wanted to go on this little walking tour. And I did not want to do all that. So, we split up. So, it was even a little bit more special for me because I got to, like, do it on my own but it also felt like i was doing it with mom so it was very sweet i loved it um and i saw the crown jewels i asked a ton of questions to the people that worked there um they were cool we i went through this little tour that showed you all of the body armor from all the people who like all like the kings and stuff 
the cod pieces were my favorite because they all made them look like they had really big junk. And I thought it was hilarious. I was oh like, are y'all, God. I was like, are y'all trying to like compensate? Because yeah. it was funny. Um, there was the largest piece of armor, which was for like this like eight foot, nine foot tall guy. It was really, really big. And then there was, like, the smallest piece of armor that they said was for a dwarf. But they think it was actually just a piece of armor that a king had made for his son when he was a toddler. Might have. So, yeah. Still interesting. Saw a bunch of cannons. Like, they that were on, like, ships and, like, cannons that were, like, they'd used, like, during, like, field artillery. Um... They had a whole little section where you could, like, do, like, archery to see how good you were. You could, like, had to go through the motions. Like, they taught you the motions of, like, loading a cannon. And you had to, like, load a cannon and, like, shoot it. And you only had to, you had to, like, beat it within, like, a certain amount of time. Because, like, you had to be fast at it. So, like, they had to, you had, like, to, like, see how fast you were. I did all that. It was so much fun. Oh, my god. Oh, and then while we were there, we discovered that. A lot, not a lot, but some of the guards that guard, like, the jewels and stuff and the tower itself actually live there. Mm. So, any of the doors that you see that are painted blue, it's like a teal blue. It's a really pretty blue. That means that some, that's one of the guards that actually live there. And while we were there, they were actually um, doing an inauguration for a new person coming on and living on, like, that's really cool. in the thing. I didn't so, know that. I didn't know that either. Tyler was the one who told me that because he went on the little fancy tour that they gave him information on. <laughs> um, that's the only reason I knew that. Um, but, yeah, Tyler, did I miss anything? Do you want to me to tell you tell them about anything else that happened? That was really interesting. I definitely feel like some of your tour guides embellished a little bit. Oh, the first one definitely did. tried to see what they could get. They are probably like... I want to see how far I can take this and, like, see if they really believe me or not. And see if anybody was like, oh, uh, absolutely not. That can't be real. Like, the invisible potion. Well, no, no, no. We joked about the invisible potion, but, like, I had never heard about that. That, I feel like that was my favorite. Look up Gils de Ra. I wish we knew about him before the trip. Why? Who is Mm -hmm. that? I know you said to look him up, but I don't know who that is. I feel like the S is silent. I feel like it's Gilderay. Gilderay. What'd I say, Ra? I don't know. She's southern, y'all. I'm sorry. It's like Joan of Arc time, but still, I think that's where the lady who killed the kids came from. It's like... Mm-hmm. He was a knight, companion arms, best on later conviction as a confessed serial killer of children. Oh, that's nice. That's great. Wow. Oh, okay. He was a child serial killer. That's so sad. Mm. Oh, he was involved in the occult. Maybe that'll be an episode for me and Crystal to do later. I would do it. We're going to have to add that. Oh, my God. I'm just going to read this. I don't think I want to do this. His bodyguard was an accomplice in many of the crimes and testified that his master, talking about this guy, stripped the child naked and hung him with ropes from a hook to prevent him from crying out, then masturbated on the child's belly. Ew, Tyler said he wants to do this episode. Why? Are you sure you want to do this episode? Why? 
man. This man was a pedophile. Okay, this man, I'm reading this right now. I don't really want to do this one. And I don't want anyone to do this one because I don't even want to have this on our podcast history. I'm sorry. This man is literally making me mad because this right here is just about as bad as the um, Peter Scully. You know what I'm talking about? He's the guy from Australia that um, did recorded a lot of his like molesting and killing of little kids. I've never. And he is just absolutely horrible. Um, Some of it happened in the Philippines. His like the Philippines are like trying to reverse their. I I believe it was the Philippines. I may be telling the story all completely wrong, Um, but they're like. Like, people want to murder him. Like, he, like, one of his videos is a snuff film of him having a little girl dig her own grave and then killing her. And then that's the video that they put, he put out and people looked at. The Josh Duggar, one of his videos uh. was of the, an 18-month-old girl. Ugh. So. Special place in hell. Special place in hell. I don't want this on our podcast because... That's too much for me. Crystal said no, no. Like, I, cause, just because rough. it's rough. I don't, like, I can, I, I think I could do a podcast. Like, we have done a podcast about someone killing kids. We've done a few. We've done a few. She's also made me listen to people eating buttholes. Shut up with the buttholes. Oh. The buttholes. And I did, of course, have to do another something about somebody eating something. So, I'm never going to give up on the cases of people eating and each our other. Last, our last episode last Sunday was about cannibalism, too. Mixed with a little bit of schizophrenia. Are we just going to turn into a cannibalism podcast? Get, you don't realize how much cannibalism is out there until you start a true crime podcast. And the one before that, people thought he ate Eat her. her. Yeah. Yeah, we. I guess we just kind of are on a cannibalism. Happens a lot more than you think. I mean, there's it's all throughout history, but I'm not eating anybody anytime soon. Thank you. Maybe ethically, like we said, the taco meat. No, I'm still not. Absolutely not. That's Crystal. She (laughs) said she if somebody offered her, she would try it. If it was ethical, like ethical cannibalism, am I gonna go kill somebody and eat them? I would hope not. Oh, my God. I'm not trying to be a felon, remember? Oh, my God. Yeah, we walked by a girl earlier, and she's... What'd she say? She said... I sure hope I... I sure hope I'm not a felon. felon. Or I sure hope I don't turn turn out to to be be a felon. felon. Yeah, I was like... I hope you don't turn out to be a felon, too. Isn't that, like, all our aspirations? We were, like, mid-conversation, too, and it stopped both of us. And we're like, what did she say? It was kind of weird. I hope she's not a felon. I'm not a felon. But I ain't got nothing else. That is all that we have for you guys. We don't want to make this too late for everybody. I know it's Sunday night. Everybody has work tomorrow. Um, But, yeah, I really appreciate you guys coming to hang out with us. I know Crystal does. Mm-hmm. We've got some of our A1s since day ones in the chat. We really <laughs> appreciate you guys. Um, yeah, so like I was saying in the beginning, next Sunday is going to be our second part of the Becky Gary case. It is right now really, really doing good for us. Um, I'm probably estimating it'll hit 100 downloads probably by 
next weekend mm-hmm. i think it's like 85 right now so thank you guys for that i'm really glad that you know crystal's kind of telling us the story right now and we've had some of her family members reach out to us and they love the episode and i think that's really what we were yeah that's all i was really worried about we were going for we wanted to be genuine we wanted to be helpful this is still an ongoing investigation so we're really excited for this series i'm thinking it might be three episodes total yeah i'm thinking i don't foresee myself being able to pull out a fourth unless something happens Happens. but yeah it's been really awesome and facebook's been awesome to us lately youtube is youtube youtube but yeah thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out with us as usual you can message us for what you want us to talk about in january's episode i don't think we have anything planned yet yes we did do we have something planned i'm pretty sure for twitch or for for twitch i, I can't thought remember. we did okay oh, i think you said you wanted to do something for your birthday you were going to do it for my birthday. Yes, that's right. Oh, I can tell you what it is. It's the Countess of Bathory. Yes. I you were doing it. don't know much on it, but I told you. We're going to have a birthday party. Yes. Oh, wait. We might not be here. Oh, Lord. So, I requested off of work to go visit Tyler's family. That's right. But we don't know if we're going to go because tickets are so stupid expensive, expensive. I could cry. It's the holidays. I mean, it's, well, it's around, you know. This time yes. is always the most it was, It's going to cost us almost $1,000 in plane tickets. Ooh. I was like, how are tickets to the tickets we took to freaking Paris are cheaper than the tickets to go to there? I feel that. I so, will. we're debating if we're going to go. I have the time off. Tyler might not have the time off but i don't know anyways thank you guys so much for hanging out with us tonight once we get our lives figured out and back on a schedule we were on a good schedule for a little bit and then the holidays hit and here we are being average joes because who really has a set schedule nobody does but when we have dates we'll let you guys know and thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight Bye. bye Oh, while I'm thinking about it,